0: Hello my loves and welcome to the Inside Out podcast. I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving or holiday if you do celebrate it. I know a lot of my audience is from the UK so you might not necessarily follow or celebrate it but I'm actually recording this on Thanksgiving Day. So if you do celebrate it I hope you had a fantastic holiday and this episode is going to tie into the time of year that we're in at the minute because obviously we've got a lot of holidays going on we have Christmas going on if you celebrate it coming up soon and we've got a lot of different opportunities for celebrations that involve food which can be a big trigger for a lot of us that do struggle with food or have struggled with food is the holidays is celebrations more abundance of food being around us so I want to bring light to the topic of guilt and food guilt specifically and give you a few different practical tools that you can apply around the holiday seasons to help eliminate that feeling of guilt or help to kind of dissipate it or work through it and you you will see why as we go through this podcast why i'm phrasing it in that way food guilt is one of the aspects of our relationship with food that can be so heavy it can weigh down on us so much and guilt and shame one of the lowest vibrational energies so it really is a heavy emotion to carry we feel it weighing ourselves down it weighs down our psyche it weighs down on our emotions physically it feels heavy to carry and especially when we've overeaten or maybe we've binge or even if we've just eaten something that we deem as in quotes bad or unhealthy or un acceptable that's when these feelings of food guilt can pop out of nowhere and consume us in its entirety and then what often happens with food guilt is it often leads to one or two things it can either lead to continued binge eating because binging is often a shame derived behavior so the feelings of guilt and shame then just continue the spiral even more and or it can lead us to restrict as a way to compensate or punish ourselves and then that restriction then leads into another binge in the future and then it keeps this cycle going either way so guilt and shame is one of the things that we. Really focus on with my clients because when we help to alleviate that feeling of guilt, everything else improves off the back of it. Our relationship with food improves, our emotions improves, our mindset improves. So everything off the back of healing food guilt really does help to kind of elevate our life and our quality of life so much more. And one of the most important things with food guilt is it's not something that is obligatory. It's something that we get to actually choose and control when we learn how to do it because it isn't the food itself that causes feelings of guilt. It's our emotions and our beliefs. our stories that we attach to the food. And before we dive into it, I want to differentiate between guilt and shame, because when we experience guilt over something that we've done, guilt is telling us what I've done is bad, or what I've done is against my values or my beliefs or my morals, whereas shame is who I am is bad. I'm going to do a whole different podcast episode in the future about shame, because shame is one of those things that often keeps us in these destructive behaviors, such as binge eating, such as self-sabotage, and oftentimes Times when we struggle with binging say we've just overeaten or we've just had something that we think we shouldn't have done yes we have the feelings of guilt which is oh i shouldn't have done that that was so bad but a lot of the time it does actually then venture into shame which is i'm such a bad person i'm disgusting i'm horrible i shouldn't have done that there's something wrong with me which obviously those things aren't the truth they are so far from the truth it is crazy but those feelings of shame that we carry that tell us who i am at my core is bad then leads on to these destructive behaviors such as binge So, today we're going to talk about the guilt aspect, which is when we think something that we've done is bad, like had a piece of pizza or had some chocolate or we've binged or overeaten, whatever the guilt trigger could be for you. And I'm going to give you a few different tools in order to work through it because guilt and shame are often one of the biggest drivers behind destructive behaviors such as binge eating. And things like self passion is the antidote. And self compassion is something that is a skill that we get to practice, we get to develop, we get to really hone in on. And oftentimes we don't think it's going to help us because we think no but if I'm just compassionate with myself I'm gonna let myself off the hook I'm gonna have something and I'm not gonna feel bothered by it so then I'll just continue doing it and the opposite is true it has the complete opposite effect so when it comes to food guilt it has absolutely nothing to do with the food and you might be listening to that thinking well no because when I have pizza I feel it or when I eat this many calories I feel it say if we have three people or four people in front of us and they all have a slice of pizza one of them might eat it and feel absolutely nothing they're just like yeah it's food Another person might eat it and think, I shouldn't have done that. I've just ruined my diet. What's wrong with me? Oh my God, that's so many calories. That's the worst thing ever. I'm going to have to restrict tomorrow. And it spirals into this whole dialogue of stories and beliefs and negative associations with that pizza. Another person might be like, oh my God, this tastes so good. And they're going to have a euphoric kind of happiness feeling from it. And the other person might just be like, "Mm, you know what? I'm still hungry. I'm going to have some more. They all have a completely different emotional response to that pizza. So it isn't the food that we're eating that creates that emotional response, it's the beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves around what we've eaten. So, for person number two that does have that thing and feels those feelings of guilt and shame, it's not actually about restricting the food that's going to help with food guilt. It's changing the stories and the beliefs that they have around that food. And this is where emotional intelligence comes in. This is where we are able to develop the skill of being aware of our emotions and responding instead of reacting from them and helping to separate ourselves from the emotion so we can look at it almost like as an observer rather than being so. Sucked into it and automatically reacting from this emotional state. Because when we are in a very emotionally reactive state, when we have a lot of uncomfortable emotions, our logical part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, completely switches off. And that's a survival response. Because if we are in an emotional state, if we're in a stress state, i.e., we're being chased down the street by a lion, we don't want to sit there meticulously planning everything out. So our logical part of the brain switches off when we have a high amount of stress or a high amount of emotion. So when we are in that state, we don't think Rationally, we don't make logical decisions around food, and our emotions drive our behaviors. And it's the same for when we binge, when we turn towards food in a state of high emotion, and then we look back on it a couple of hours later and we think, Why did I do that? That makes no sense. I knew I shouldn't have done that. And that's because our logical side of the brain has switched back on again. So, in these situations, we have to learn to develop the skill of emotional intelligence and recognizing when we are in an emotional state and responding instead of reacting to that. So, the first thing to do in these situations is instead. Instead of beating yourself up for it instead of fighting it instead of carrying on the guilt is to simply accept what you've done what you've eaten our initial reaction oftentimes when we experience guilt after overeating or binging is to shut it down and make it stop and we typically do that in one or three ways which is usually a combination of the three to be honest we either avoid or numb that difficult emotion like guilt with food which then spirals into another binge eating session that is driven by the shame and guilt or on the other side of the spectrum in order to to find some sort of relief from that guilt, we then restrict to find some way of soothing that discomfort. But then that restriction, like I said earlier, then triggers another binge in the future. So the second thing we usually do is we beat ourselves up relentlessly for it. We keep replaying the binge again and again and again and analysing over how we could have done things differently and beating ourselves up over it and we keep ourselves in that destructive state. We spiral into this hole of shame and guilt and we let it consume us. And that behaviour of replaying the mistake replaying the binge again and again and again and again actually strengthens the neural pathway that is responsible for that behavior so it actually makes us more likely to binge because to our subconscious brain it doesn't know when we have mentally imagined something like replaying a binge again and again and again or if we've actually physically done that behavior so every time you imagine yourself binging it strengthens the neural pathway that is responsible for the behavior of binge eating which then means when we are placed in a position where we are in front of that food we are actually more likely to binge because that behavior is stronger in the brain. So when we beat ourselves up and constantly replay it as a way to punish ourselves or as a way to antagonize over it, we're actually making it more likely that we will binge in the future. And the third thing that we do is we deny all responsibility from it and we blame external factors because that's the way that we try to ease that discomfort and our ego doesn't like taking responsibility for things. So we might blame our period, we might blame the boss at work that was being a dick to us, (laughs) we might blame the colleague that invited us out for dominoes for example on the work lunch and we blame external factors because it's easier to do that than to face the discomfort of taking responsibility for what we've done but when we deny ourselves the discomfort of taking responsibility it creates more longer term discomfort because we've just told our brain anytime i'm on my period anytime my boss is horrible to me, anytime a colleague asks me to go for work lunch, I have zero control over my actions, which obviously isn't the case. You are always able to control your decisions and your behaviours and your responses. But when we deny ourselves of taking that responsibility, we have strengthened the likelihood that we will binge again because we've essentially conditioned ourselves to believe that we don't have any ability to control what we do going forward. So instead of avoiding or numbing the guilt with food or by restricting, instead of beating yourself up relentlessly and shaming yourself and calling yourself every single disgusting name under the sun instead of denying responsibility we want to take responsibility for it but also accept it and taking responsibility doesn't mean that we beat ourselves up it doesn't mean that we shame ourselves and we go that was all my fault such a bad person i shouldn't do it I have to take responsibility for that. That isn't taking responsibility. That is shaming and blaming ourselves. Taking responsibility looks like, okay, yes, I binged. Yes, I ate this food. Now I get to learn from that decision. I might not be happy with the fact that I've done it, but I recognize that I did. I've learned from it. I've accepted it. And now I can move on and take what I've learned from it in order to do something differently. And accepting it doesn't mean that the behavior will continue. Oftentimes we think, no, but I have to beat myself up for it. I have to punish myself for it. Otherwise I won't learn. That isn't how humans learn that is the opposite of how humans learn. When we beat ourselves up for something, when we hate ourselves, when we shame ourselves, when we berate ourselves, punish ourselves, we don't want to do good things for ourselves. Imagine if you had somebody that was constantly insulting you, constantly calling you stupid, constantly berating you, shaming you, talking down to you, saying you were disgusting. Would you want to look after that person? I can imagine the answer is probably no. And if you did, it would be with so much resentment and so much force that eventually you would just end up burning out and not doing it. And it's the same with our Ourselves. when we hate ourselves we don't want to do good things for ourselves so one of the cornerstones of healing binge eating is self-compassion and learning to have self-respect and take responsibility but without the shaming and the blaming element of it so when you free yourself from that guilt and you just accept okay I've eaten this or okay yes I had too many calories or yes I binge however okay I've done that what's done is done it's in the past I can't change it what led to it how did I feel beforehand? What was food giving me in that moment? What did I do during the day that might have led up to that binge? How can I learn from it? You open your mind, you give yourself space to actually learn from that behavior and take forward with you to help you on your healing journey. Guilt doesn't allow us to do that. Guilt just keeps us in that negative spiral. And when we're in that negative emotional state, we are more likely to go side to side into other negative emotional states. So that's why when we have feelings of shame, we might also notice that we're really snappy or we're irritable or we feel angry or we want to cry. Is because it's easier to stay within that negative emotional state. But if we can recognize, okay, I'm feeling guilt because I've done X, Y, and Z. However, what's done is done. Let me leave it in the past. I can't change that. What I can do is learn from it and take it with me going forward. You always have the decision and the choice to choose how you respond after a binge. That's up to you. You don't have to stay in this guilt-ridden state. I know it's easier said than done. It's a practice. It's a skill. But you don't have to keep yourself wallowing that self-pity and that self-loathing because it doesn't actually help change anything. So the first. Step then, instead of wallowing in it, instead of beating yourself up for it, instead of shaming yourself, instead of denying responsibility, is to accept what you've done, take responsibility from it, but then most importantly, learn from it. And one of the best phrases that is so easy and simple to use, and I use it with myself on a maybe daily basis, and I also use it with my clients a lot, is you are human. And a lot of the times, I've had clients that have come to me after they've binged or they've done something that maybe they think I'm not going to respond well to because they might have had a coach or a personal trainer or a nutritionist in the past that when they've gone to them and said I've done x y and z they've been met with a very unsafe response like the personal trainer or the nutritionist or the coach shouting at them or telling them they need to just want it more they need to be stronger they've let them down and that is not a safe response to get from somebody that you are working with and one of the most important aspects of healing from trauma with our relationship with food with our body image is safety and a lot of the times my clients will come to me and the first thing i say is thank you so much for telling me that thank you so much for having the courage to reach out to share it and to let me be with you and let me support you in this journey together and oftentimes it's quickly led with you're human that's okay you've not done anything wrong you're a human every single healing journey is not linear we're going to have ups we're going to have downs we're going to have plateaus we're going to have learning curves we're going to have all of these experiences to learn that is just the basic at Act of learning a new skill and if you can repeat to yourself on a daily basis or however often you need you are human it helps to give you that permission to be human and to make mistakes we're not supposed to be perfect we can't walk the second we come out of the womb we don't know how to drive a car the first time that we go and get in one we don't know how to do our job on the first day that we arrive in the office we have to go through this learning process and it's the exact same with our relation with food you're not going to be plain sailing from zero to hundred in a completely linear fashion you're going to have ups and downs you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have learning journeys. That is all part of the process. And it actually means that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. But the most important thing is that we use those learning curves as a way to learn and progress and actually use them to propel us forward in our healing journey. Rather than using them to confirm this belief of, oh, see, I told you that you weren't going to be able to do it, I told you that you would end up failing, we use these setbacks as almost evidence to confirm what we thought we would do in the first place. They're limiting beliefs that tell us that we're not going to be able to move forward whenever we have a setback we go see i told you you would fail instead of just recognizing no it's a normal part of this process and i can continue to move forward without getting sucked into it and making it a bigger issue than it actually is so the number one thing to do is accept it and move on from it and learn from it the second thing that i actually want to invite you to do with food guilt is to question it is to lean into it because like i say oftentimes with food guilt we try to push it away we try to get rid of it we resist it we fight it but all emotions accumulate communicating something right all emotions are there as teachers to deliver a wisdom to tell us something to highlight something that might not be in our best alignment to tell us when we need to introduce a boundary for example to tell us when something has made us upset to let us know what our needs are etc etc guilt is a sign that we have violated a belief or a value that we have but here's the thing with guilt we have to use discernment to identify if that guilt is one true and two productive say for example if you take a rest day from the gym and you notice you have guilt that is probably a sign that you have a belief that the rest is unproductive that it's lazy that it's going to make you gain weight uh, that you need to be working out 24 7 in that instance the guilt is unproductive the guilt isn't true it's coming from a limiting belief a conditioned belief whereas say for example if you really hold the value of honesty for example i do one of my highest values is honesty and say i told a white lie to a friend and i have that feeling of guilt in that scenario the guilt is serving me the guilt is telling me come on you've just done something that is against your own values there how can you rectify it what kind of uncomfortable conversation do you need to have do you need to take responsibility and apologize and own up to it and explain what happened and blah 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 whatever you need to do from that situation The guilt is actually a productive guilt. It's helping me to see what values do I have that I have gone against or I have violated in that situation. Another example, one of my close friends is a pharmacist and she was on call once and she picked up the phone and somebody on the other side of the phone said, we have this patient in, we need to give her this drug or medicine, whatever it could be. How much do we need to give her? What's the dosage? How many times a day, et cetera, et cetera. So my friend replied and said, I think it's this, this, and this. Please double check because I'm not 100% sure. So I want you to make sure that it is correct before i do and the next day when she went into work the lady pulled her over and said what you said yesterday was fine i just want to let you know that next time we would do this this and this instead and the entire day my friend spent feeling so guilty and riddled with guilt and when i questioned her on it because we have this kind of like almost therapy style relationship me and my closest friends we always talk about our emotions and we help each other see our blind spots and help each other grow and we have like this amazing kind of reciprocal relationship with one another and when i questioned her on it and i said what was the guilt telling you she was like well i just believed i was this horrible person and in that situation then that guilt is unproductive that guilt is trying to make her think that she's a horrible person that she's terrible at her job all of these stories came up right that almost like imposter syndrome was taking over but that is a opportunity for us to see where we have limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck that are keeping us weighed down and in her situation then it was just recognizing actually no I don't need to hold on to this belief that I'm a horrible person and I'm terrible at my job if I just don't know something. Instead, I can honor the belief that, okay, I can do the best that I can and that is always enough. And at the end of the day, she took responsibility for it. She was like, I don't know if this is 100% true. I would prefer you to double check. She didn't do anything wrong in that situation. So instead, in that scenario, we can change the belief rather than changing our actions. So say, for example, if you have eaten a slice of pizza or a piece of chocolate or something that you experience food guilt around, that guilt might be telling you which limiting beliefs you have around that food. So it might tell you the belief of, this food is so bad for me, this food is high in calories, it's so bad if I have this, just ruin my progress, whatever the limiting belief might be around that food. That guilt then is telling you which belief needs to change because that's unproductive guilt. That guilt isn't true. So it's telling us the limiting belief that it's highlighting. We can change that belief. We can recognise, ah, okay, that's because my brain thinks I've done X, Y, and Z wrong. I know I haven't. So I'm going to replace it with this different belief. Like I'm allowed to eat chocolate. Pizza is absolutely fine to have. It's not the end of the world. I haven't ruined anything. I've simply enjoyed pizza and I've simply enjoyed chocolate. Whereas, say if we are having a binge or we've had three days of binging in a row, for example, and we feel guilt around it. In that situation, guilt is highlighting to us a value that might be, I want to look after my health, I want to honour my body, I want to honour my fullness. In that situation, that guilt is productive. So instead of trying to change the belief, we can change the actions in order to honour and be aligned with our values in that situation. So it's not necessarily looking at it from this perspective of guilt is this bad guy, guilt is this kind of disgusting emotion to have because no emotions are good or bad. Instead, it's using the guilt and using discernment and recognising what it's trying to tell us and having that emotional awareness and that self-awareness and that emotional intelligence to come at it from a place of curiosity and actually question it rather than getting sucked into it and automatically believing it to be true. So the second step after accepting it or recognizing that, okay, the guilt is something I don't have to drag along with me is also just checking in with what story am I creating around this? Like, for example, my friend that was creating the story that she was terrible at her job and she was such a bad person. What story are you creating around this event? Like having chocolate or having a slice of pizza or enjoying a glass of wine on Thanksgiving or on Christmas, whatever it could be. What story am I creating around this? And then questioning that story. Is that story true or is it a story that I want to continue with? Nine times out of 10, the stories that our brain creates aren't going to be something that is productive. And we might want to change them in order to have a more fulfilling and aligned life and change the stories that actually serve us more in our future. And then we can recognize, okay, but what story is true? What belief do I want to have around this thing? And we can be the one to reframe that situation. And at first, it's not going to sink in. It takes repetition again and again and again for your brain to realize that food isn't bad, that you have a different response to it. But it's that repetition, that reframing that will start to change these stories and the beliefs that we have in our food. And then over time, that emotional response won't be as big until eventually it dissipates completely. I was telling my partner Wayne about this before I came on the podcast. I was saying I'm going to do a episode all about food guilt. And he was like, oh, my God, I haven't had food guilt in years. And we spent like five minutes just talking about how crazy it is, because once it consumed our life, like it used to consume every single thought that we had, every single food decision that we made, every single emotion that we carried around with us, there was always this underlying feeling of guilt and shame. And that's why a lot of the work that I do with one-to-one clients is all about releasing shame because shame is one of the things that will hold onto the behaviors such as binge eating. And it's often made worse by beating ourselves up for things that we've done and also keeping them to ourselves. When we keep the things that we've done to ourselves and we don't share them because we have shame around them, it then breeds more shame and it breeds more guilt around these things. And then we carry that shame with us. And it's such a heavy emotion. It's such a low vibrational emotion that literally attaches onto us like a leech. And when we free ourselves from that shame, we have those uncomfortable conversations. You walk around feeling so much lighter and no longer weighed down from that dense emotion of shame that is dragged around with you every single way that you go so this is your permission to free yourself from that shame to maybe forgive yourself to practice self-compassion and as you go into the holiday season remind yourself one acceptance what is done is done i've eaten what i have that's it we don't need to attach stories onto it it's simply food and then two if it's appropriate to use discernment and actually start to get curious around the guilt and recognize is that guilt serving me is it productive Or is it something that I need to change in order to then have a more free emotional landscape, if you will? So I hope you found this episode helpful. If you have any questions over the holidays, if you would like any support, you know where I am. I will leave all the details in the link below. And I would love to hear your feedback on this episode. And I would love if you could share it with somebody that you think would benefit from it. I hope you all have an amazing time over the holidays and I will speak to you all in the next one.